So thank you so much for joining us on Let the Healing Begin podcast. I'm your host, Asia. And today we have Vincent Hall on with us. How are you doing, Vincent? I am great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. Thank you. Thank you for making time for me. Oh, no problem. So let's start with um, where you're from. So born and raised in Lansing. I've been here in Lansing, Michigan. Been here all of my life, 33 years uh, in June and ready to leave. Really? So yeah. if you could go anywhere, where would you go? If I could go anywhere, where would I go? Um, Philadelphia. Really? Why? Yes, I love Philly. I've been there several times. I've been to Fashion Week out there. Um, they're so receptive to the energy that I bring um, from events to marketplace to planning to strategizing. I love it there. Love it, love it, love it. Do you have family there? I don't. So I was originally invited probably mm, four or five years ago. They invited me to come out um, for New York Fashion Week. And I missed that one, but I actually went to Philly Fashion Week, which is the week after um, New York Fashion Week. And I went out there for, it was like four or five days. And I absolutely loved it. I fell in love just with the culture, with the mix. And again, I'm big on energy. And it just, they embraced who I was as an artist, they embraced me as an entrepreneur. Um, and of course, being an African-American male, you know, I am always looking for an outlet to showcase me. And so it just was refreshing to go somewhere new. So no family out there, just a network of new people. That's nice. And you know, a lot of times, like our biggest support comes from people that we don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I'm <laughs> actually, I'm gonna backtrack and say most of the time, like it, that's usually our biggest support network. Right. Yes. So let's go back to your childhood. Um, what was that like growing up for you? So growing up, I was always, so I come from a big family. <laughs> I have seven sisters. I'm the only boy. Um, so growing up was always loud. There was always noise. If, if it was the radio, the TV, um, me growing up, I would say it was an adventure. Um, people often ask me on platforms like this. Um, the quote, what did you want to be when you grow up? Or what was your childhood like? And for me, I think the biggest thing was they say, what did you want to be? Or what was your childhood like? For me, it was never ending. I think that's a good way to describe it. Um, because coming from a large family, we always had to be, I would say, active and ready. If it was an event, if it was schooling, if it was a field trip, if it was a holiday it was always big it was always something to do so my childhood i would say one word to, to describe it would be busy now did you ever like with it always being so busy like did you ever want it to like calm down i wouldn't say calm down i would say that it was i would say i always wanted to put i was like quiet times so i would say push pause i wouldn't say calm down because that would change my childhood and I, and I love every aspect of it. Um, but I would say push pause or, or like, hold on a minute y'all because I was always doing something. So I would think if I could just, if I could have pushed pause more often, I think that would have been beneficial. Okay. Now with you being the only boy and having all those sisters, like how did you get along with those, with all, all the girls? Yeah, it was uh, always something. Um, for me, my oldest, the sister that's right above me, um, they say we're twins. So that's the one that I was able to confide in a lot of times um, with issues with mom and dad, you know, in home issues or the sibling rivalry and all that. 
Um, she was the one I would turn to a lot for um, just listening. I think that was a big thing that helped me. Um, getting along with my sisters, we we pretty much got along. We weren't allowed to really, you know, fight. You know, they were girls. Um, but I said my my sister that's right above me, and then my oldest sister um, always was a go getter. You know, she had the drive, the entrepreneurial drive, um, having her own business, daycares. You know, pushing herself uh, to maximum potential. I think that was a great benefit to me, being able to look at seven, well, at the time three. Um, different lives. And so I was able to pattern, okay, what do I want to do when I get older? What do I want to do as far as life or ministry or business? And I was able to watch them kind of navigate with my oldest three sisters got married um, young. So I was able to see, oh, this is how life is for a married couple. This is how life is with having kids. So they, excuse me, were kind of the blueprint for um, some of the behaviors in the home. They were kind of the blueprint for the direction of how we grew up. So, um, another question about having all those sisters. Do you, how do you, how would you say that's um, played a part in how you treat women, like in your adult life? Good question. Um, I would definitely revert back to um, my previous statement with my sister that's right above me, um, three years older. She um, was the first to get married, and so seeing that. Um, it laid a foundation, it laid a, um, a template, if you will, for what I was expecting or what I wasn't expecting, I should say. Um, she was the first to get married, so I was able to see her for 11 years deal with a gentleman who um, who she did suffer from domestic violence. So seeing that firsthand of the um, verbal abuse, seeing the, um, the deterioration of a marriage, so that allowed me to say, hey, this isn't working, or why Why is he doing this? I was very inquisitive as a young child. And so I'd always look at, why, why did he do that? You know, if the house wasn't clean, he would come home, you know, very verbal, very aggressive. Um, and so I would watch that. You know, you're 19, 11 years old and watching this, this figure come in your home um, or her, my sister's home. And I said, well, why, why can't they get along? You know, you're seven, eight years old. You know, why all the loud talking? Why the arguing? So for me, it, I definitely, that definitely played a part in, well, I don't want to make them mad or that that hurts her. And I see her get sad and then she's depressed or she's anxious. And so for me, it, it allowed me to say, hey, well, if I, if I do this or if I treat them a certain way, that was my gauge. So I think it showed me, number one, what not to do, but it also gave me a template to say, well, if I do this or what if I add to it? You know, if he comes in, he's already upset and he disappoints my sister and then she adds her um, aggression to it as well. Now there's this combustion of emotion. So it taught me, well, what did she do? So it kind of played both sides. I was able to see from the wife's standpoint of how she wants to be treated. And I saw it from the husband's standpoint of, well, how do you make this work or not work? Oh, thank you for that. Um, So another question like about your childhood did you have both like were your parents together in one household they were so for the first mm, i would say 12 years coming up my parents were married um the last three years they were separate my mother was divorced for two years so for for a total of 14 years they were together they were my father and mother were both in the home for the first 11 12 years of my life and then they um ended up getting divorced did that have a major effect on you, um, like once they separated? 
Um, not really. My dad was always, um, <laughs> I say he just changed addresses, but he was still there. Um, it, I don't think it had an effect on me per se. I think it had an effect on, well, why? The, the kind of the, the why started coming in. Well, well, why is dad leaving? Well, why is mom uh, not happy? Why is mom working more? Why? And, and all that started coming in. I don't think it, it affected, it didn't have an initial impact on us per se. It just was kind of frustrating at the, not it kind of, it was frustrating at, the, at that time because we're having to go to dad's house for Christmas or mom's house for Thanksgiving. So that separation, of course, come in and that's when um, division potentially would have came in. But I think having my grandparents there at the time of separation kind of eased us into it becoming familiar. That's good. Um, so like those questions that you had just expressed a moment ago, did has like did any one of you ever express those same questions that you had like with your parents? I think they did. Um, I was more of the talker the talkative one. I think I've always been kind of the the mouthpiece for the family as far as either asking questions or putting action behind what what I want to do. Yeah. Um my sisters really didn't verbalize a lot of their emotion as far as the separation it did come a time when the next one got married so my second from his oldest sister got married and then we're having to invite people in so now it's like mm, we're having to send out an invitation to um let's do christmas over here or let's invite you to the wedding and that began to pose a problem of well we're not one anymore so to speak we're having to invite dad and his new wife we're having to invite dad and our new um set of in-laws and, and new people into the family so that was kind of difficult they did verbalize that that was more of like mm, we don't know if we want to welcome this idea or not so they did verbalize that and you know what that was my next question like was that strange to see your dad like with another person like was that hard to accept this other woman i think for my sisters it was um it was very difficult for my baby sister she was um, very quiet, very reserved, um, can stay by herself and be very content. She really took it difficult because it was her mom. It was going to be her mom um, that he ended up remarrying. So at the time, I'm looking like, well, he was with my mom 14 years, so we're the better ones. We're the special ones. And then he's being, my dad got remarried twice. And so now we're seeing my dad with this new woman. And I said, well, I was okay with it. I'm like, okay, new start, first start. Hey, go get it. <laughs> so my sister's on the other, my baby sister on the other hand, she was, well, well, no. And then she began to express that of now it's challenging because we're seeing that we're seeing dad who is solid, secure, the provider, the protector, and he's happy somewhere else. But why is he happy? Why isn't he happy with mom? Or why isn't he happy over here? And now we went from two of us to four of us now seven girls one boy two more marriages and a host of other issues so yeah that was really they expressed that it was it was hard for them okay yeah i bet it is yeah. and then like you know it's so hard like being in a child you know because in a lot of like african-american households we're always told to stay in a child's place right so oftentimes, right. like we're we're not given that space and opportunity to express, you know, our feelings on things like that, you know, and it's it's mm -hmm. tough because you know, the, like the kids have feelings and emotions about that too, you know. Right. So. Definitely. So let's let's say we have a listener um, that may be going through a divorce or a breakup um, and do have children. Um, 
like that are in the midst of that? What type of like, what would you say to that type of listener based on your experience? To that listener, I would say the first thing I would say is write it down. That was a huge thing for me. Journaling um, through the whole process, not just through the divorce aspect of it. But I would tell that individual, that listener to, to your show, I would say write it down real time. I, I tell even my clients this. I say real time emotions are real emotions. You know, don't think because right now, okay, you're content, you're happy, things are conducive, things are well. In 30 seconds, you can have a uh, triggering moment where now you're frustrated, now you're irritated. Write that down. And when you're able to go back to that moment and you're singing your journal entry, hey, on February 9th, uh, 1996, I was pissed off. You can go back to that moment to say, okay, I was pissed off. But then from February until April, look at the growth. And that's the critical thing I tell people is don't just think that you're having these emotions for no reason. Don't think that these um, unpleasant times are just unpleasant times. No, these are all learning blocks for you to get there. So to the listener that would say, hey, I'm dealing with a divorce. I'm um, experiencing this. Write those emotions down. Hey, my husband makes me feel, my wife made me feel, and write that down. And you're able to reference that. I think a lot of times, especially in our community, we're told, oh, what happens in this house stays in this house. We're told, sweep it under the rug. We're told, uh, shh, keep it, you know, keep it in the closet. No, if you hurt me in the kitchen, I need to tell you that you hurt me in the kitchen. If you slap me in the bathroom, I need to know, well, I got slapped in the bathroom. And I think it would be so beneficial if we start recognizing that our emotions are real. When you hurt is real, being being uh, torment is real. You know, we we try to uh, blanket that with, oh, it's the divorce that hurt. No, divorce didn't hurt. The actions in the divorce hurt you. You know, people say church hurt. Um, the church, the building didn't hurt you. The, the, the pews and books and M's and water bottle didn't hurt you. It was the action. It was what they did to you that hurt you. So to your point, I would tell the, to the, tell the listener, write it down. Write down exactly what you feel and be real. Be real with what you're putting down there. If if he, if the, if you found out that he was having an affair on you and and it hurt, then you you write down what you feel and, and be relevant and real. You know, oh, I love that. And you know what? That's that's and and you know what? Like that's a major. That's been a major building block to like healing, right? Being able to reference yeah. um, things, like even going back six months, like six months ago. You know, you can always reference even last week because you know life changes. We change as we travel on this journey. You know, so like looking back, um, you know, to remind yourself, I was here this time. You know, and I was here that time. And like you said being like real and true and authentic when you put that pen to that paper you know because you don't have to worry about when you once once it hits this notebook like you don't have to worry about it going anywhere else you know exactly so be true to you know your feelings um and an another thing that you said that really resonated with me was um like in our community we are often taught um like what happens in, in this house stays in this house and that's such a, like that's a generational curse you know that's exactly. a generational curse when no, you know, things need to be exposed. You know, we don't hush when things um, traumatize us and when things, you know, are, are not, when we're not being treated right, you know, because as long as we're quiet about it, then that's an enabling for the abuse to continue, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's just like, some things need to be exposed for what they are, you know? Exactly. And so I, I appreciate that. Um, so 
let's let's go back to childhood okay so with this like um well how old were you when you got like out on your own and stuff mm, 18 19 so it was right after high school okay do you feel like you were ready to get out there absolutely i feel um it, a lot of people ask me all the time you know again back to the the during the beginning of the podcast we talked about a childhood growing up a lot of people ask you ask me all the time what did you want to be when you grow up my thing was i just wanted to grow up so for me i tell people all the time one of my fa favorite things to tell people is expiration dates are there for a reason so for me my out date my expiration date was my 18th birthday i knew when i graduated high school i said thank you god bless you and we're done <laughs> so that was my um exit plan now being that i'm gifted spiritually naturally physically and emotionally god has gifted me to be a strategic thinker and, and to move and, and all that and you know part of my story so that element was to say listen i know this date i know i am moving out this date i know i am so that began uh, which god would then show me years later i was decreeing and declaring something so i knew that was my if you will that was my divorce date that was my healing date that was my whatever you want to call it but i knew i was ready why because for from seven in eight nine and ten for those eight years those ten years all going through grade school and middle school and the divorces of my sister and the, the divorce my parents had um, then would lead me to, to say every day, I can't wait till I graduate. I can't wait. I'm looking forward to this. So I literally was speaking into the atmosphere, all these words. Words are spiritual containers. They hold. And so when you're saying something for eight years, that day was going to manifest with so much power because for eight years, that day was marinated with success. That day was marinating because for eight years, I spoke it. So was I ready? Yes. Why? Because I had to go through the divorce. I had to go through these things that prepared me to be ready. It was either sink or swim. I already was sinking anyway due to the, to the situation I was in. I was already failing due to my situation. I was already, there was nothing else that could have happened besides death that would have stopped me. So I had to be prepared. Life made me prepared for that. Oh, that was good. You just said a word. So it was something that you just touched on that really that I want to bring back, right? <clears throat> when you said um, like you were declaring a thing, right? So yeah. let's say we have, because not a lot of people, well, I ain't gonna say not a lot of people, but I, I think not enough people realize how much power that your words carry, right? And the importance yeah. of watching what you speak. So can mm -hmm. you speak to that for a minute? Absolutely. So to even if, even if someone was to ask this question now in this part of my life, for me, I've always been very cautious and careful on what I say. And people always tell me, oh, you know, you're always so happy. You're always so, that's wonderful. But for me, even reading something, the newspaper, an article, when we had MySpace, you know, the, <laughs> people like, what is MySpace? When we had all these outlets um, back in our day, uh, we had these things that you would have to put on there um, a caption or you would find the, the, the Tweety Bird or you would find and it would have be all glittery and you would put these things on there and there would be words that would be compelling to come to your page. Well, for me, I knew spiritually if I said something, if I knew either good or bad, that I could have it. So coming up, I knew whatever I said 
I had to really be cautious on that because I later I would find out. But at the time, I, I would always say, well, then I would say, this, this I'm just irritated. I'm so mad. I would always just say that. And I would have a bad day at school. This day was horrible. This day sucked. And I would look at my days like, well, why do I keep having this? Why is this pattern of me just because I, I missed lunch or I, I didn't just pay a recess? And I would say, my grandma or whoever asked me, well, how was your day, son? The day was horrible. Well, no, the day wasn't horrible. You had a bad moment. You had a, you had something that you didn't like to do. I didn't like to do flag football. That didn't mean the day was horrible, but the power of my words, of me decreeing something, declaring something, would shift it. So then once I learned the true benefit of my words, and I understood that either I could speak something before I saw it, or well, I'm seeing it, speak it. So if I'm seeing this manifest before me, if I speak the opposite of it, I'm going to change the outcome. And so I begin to tell people, I'm going to speak myself to where I see myself. I see myself whole. I see myself out of it. Back to the point of you said the, um, was, I was, was I ready for it? I was because every day I was saying, I'm going to speak myself to where I see. This was, this was, 11, 12 years old, and God would download things to me, and I'm like, wait a minute, so if I get up an hour early, let me get up an hour early, then I'm, to your point, I would say, I'm hungry. Well, how am I hungry if I just ate breakfast? But if I got up an hour early, I would go in there, and I would cook my food, and I would say, I'm ready to eat. So then for that time of coming through school, my school age years, I would say, Grandma, I'm ready to eat. Thank you. Instead of saying I'm hungry because I'm not hungry, I just ate a few hours ago. That's how I began to transition, transition and I would learn the power of my words. I would learn that while I'm sitting at the table, knowing all grandma has is flour, eggs, and sugar, grandma, I'm ready to eat. And grandma would take that and make something, a meal, and now I'm feeling I'm conditioned for it. So I think to anybody that's watching, if, if they get that one point tonight, understand that no matter even if you're in something even if you're in a storm a divorce domestic violence whatever it is you can you can all well there's a pulse there's power so if you're still breathing and living speak against that thing you may be having a headache right now and you'll say okay well i'm experiencing a moment of gratitude but my head is hurting but i'm going to speak the total opposite of what it is so that thing will come into a line with what it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. And you know what? One thing that God has shown me, like when it comes to like the power of our words, like, so like when we put something in the atmosphere into the spiritual room, right? It doesn't matter if it's good or bad. Like that thing, our words are so powerful that that thing must be carried out. You know what I'm saying? So it's up to you, like in the ways that you speak, you know, I, even joking and playing, like, because like we might joke and play, but when it, when it comes to the spiritual realm, there is no joking and playing, you know? Mm -hmm. So whatever you speak like that thing will come to pass. And it is so, you know, right. so, so once you had got out like on your own and stuff, what did you do exactly? I lived and I say that with every intent of that phrase, I I lived. I was able to to be who I prepared for, from employment to working with different agencies in the Lansing area. You know, at at 20, 21, 22, I was writing grants. I was I was facilitating workshops in Lansing, the same place that rejected me all these years, the same place where you are. 
I was sitting in boardrooms. I was serving on boards. I was volunteering. So I was living. And that's one thing um, that I was grateful for. I was grateful for, we, we talked about this earlier, you know, people, they, they see you now. And they're like, oh, Vincent out here doing living his best life. No, I was living my best life when I got out of what I was in. I was living the great, right now, I'm just re- reaping the benefits of the seeds that I sowed. I'm just, I'm enjoying it. But as far as living or thriving or being in this in this wealthy place, that was six, seven, 10 years ago. You guys now are just able to see the benefit of your time, uh, your moment of whatever it is. People are just not, even for you, you know, you, you did all you did to have a podcast. So people are like, oh, wow, you're, you're amazing. You're doing your show. No, you had to go through what you went through in Sydney's places to have a podcast that's effective. Anybody can talk and put a, blue, a green screen behind them, but are we effective? And so I think that's important to also to know we got to be mindful of, well, what are we saying? People often say, oh, you know, you, uh, stay woke. You know, it's lit. All these phrases these kids have. But I'm like, this don't make no sense to me. But, you yeah. know, are you living? You know, one thing I, I, I tell some of my clients with my business, I say, you can cuss me out all day. You, I can be FDs, all of them in the book. Uh, you cussing me out don't mean nothing. But when you understand the power of, of what you said earlier, a, a curse word, it's a whole different thing. I can look, I can sit in a boardroom meeting and look at you, you, can, you cannot like me. And when you speak against me, when I find out that you have plotted and schemed and found a way to manipulate this 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 moment i have a problem with that you can cuss out all you want but when i find out that there's been an underlying thing back to your point of am i uh the power of your words you have to be mindful what what are you doing don't just go to the interview expecting oh i'm going to get a job because i'm 18 i'm ready to be out on my own i'm ready to boss up and show the world no son what do you know daughter what are you doing? Are you are you truly ready to go into these interviews with these leaders, these these owners, these operators, and they're speaking against you? I, I've many times I've watched people tell me they've went for a job, they went for something, they get there, and they're so just disheveled afterward. And I said, why would you allow someone to move you from your dream? If your dream is to do photography. Go do photography. If your dream is to be a, a phlebotomist, go be a phlebotomist. Like, why are you allowing someone to speak you out of your destiny and your purpose? Like, that, I don't get that. But again, if you're not, if you don't know that, I mean, you'll accept anything. And you know what? God is bringing something back to me now. I was in a conversation with someone the other day and they were saying, like, you always got to keep in mind, like, when you are trying to be on the right path or when you try to pursue this, that, or the other, like, it's always forces that's going to be working against that right yeah as long as you keep that in mind like don't take it personal right you just kind of got to let things roll off you and just take it at face value for what it is you know because if you just get offended you know every little thing and you're easily moved like you got life is going to pass you by you know and you're not going to be able to go after the things that your heart desire you know if you easily moved or easily offended you know and you blow like the wind um so let's go back to, I know you mentioned like <clears throat> you said you had gifts, you're gifting, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say we have listeners that are like, 
What are my gifts? What would you say to those listeners? What can you do? The first thing I would ask them if, if we were seated in a, in a session, I would ask them, what can you do for the rest of your life without getting a paycheck? Whatever it is, it can be, again, photography, a class, a, a skill. What do you do? That's that's your gift. What can you do for the rest of your life without being without getting a paycheck? The second thing that identifies your gift for me, I tell people all the time, listen, you cannot afford me. People think, oh, Vince, that's so cute. No, I literally tell people you cannot afford Vincent. I, I am a human. I'm a whole I'm a whole businessman. You cannot afford. They cannot afford Asia. We the people cannot afford us. Now you potentially for a nominal fee, I can partner with you and you can get a service from Vincent. Oh. But we are priceless. You cannot afford me. But if I agree on a fee, if I agree on a cost, if I agree on a honorarium, if I, if I agree on a uh, a taxable donation, if I agree on a price that is set before me, if I choose that then I'll tolerate this service and I'll tolerate you and I'll negotiate. But I'll tell somebody, what is your gift? I have 400 gifts inside of me. But when I'm ready to partner with you to met, I can't birth children, obviously. But if I partner with you, a woman, the womb carrier of life and plant this business seed in you mm. for a fee, it's going to cost me something. So when I partner with you, now your gift, your gift is administration. My, my my gift is, is production. So my gift of production can't manifest or be birthed until it's planted in its purpose. Oh, that's good. <laughs> that's good. That is so good. <laughs> I'm getting fed right here. <laughs> yes. Um, so, and then let's, let's say, okay, so you mentioned purpose, right? So let's say people are aware that they have gifts but they try to you know because it takes a while you know i'm not even gonna say it takes a while but god won't reveal everything to us at once right mm -hmm. so let's say we have somebody um that's trying to figure out like what is my purpose in life what would you what would you speak to that person i would tell them to <laughs> what was told to me probably 10 years ago and i would tell them to hold their breath and the demonstration that was done to me was and this was from eric thomas everybody knows great motivational speaker and he said, you have to want it as bad as you want to breathe. Mm. And that was a moment for me. Now, I knew I was gifted and talented and, and, and handsome, all the wonderful characteristics of who a great man is. And he said, hold your breath. And when I tell people that, now I say, hold your breath. And they'll hold their breath for a few seconds and let it back out. And I said, as desperately as you wanted to breathe and, and, and exhale that, that's your passion. So when you mix, so in time, arrives with destiny and your purpose and your passion when those two things come together whatever manifest that's it and so for example like i just said before you may be an excellent cook you can go in and whip up the best chocolate chip cookies but you suck at being organized but your but your skill set is this so if you know how to divide multiply and do these recipe cards you are great with clerical skills that is a skill set. And being an administrator is a skill set. Now, your job is maybe working in the office or a paralegal, whatever it is. But when time, when you go through schooling, go through your education and you matriculate up, when time meets destiny, manifestation occurs. So again, to the point of chocolate chip cookies, if 
Stephanie is a great mixer in the kitchen, Stephanie now is able to take that, holding her breath. How bad do you want to breathe? Okay, so now, Stephanie, what are you good at? You can make these cookies. Okay, take that with time. Go apply yourself and then find your purpose in that. And just from doing these cookies, now she has her self-esteem built. Now she's a motivational speaker. She's a teacher. Ultimately, now she's a professor. Now she got her doctorate degree and she's traveling as this world-class motivational speaker all from cookies because she took that time to properly matriculate through this to get there. So I tell people, how do, how do you find your gift and talent? Hold your breath. And when you want to exhale that out, be thinking of, okay, in order for me to get my next breath, I have to re release this. So release the excuse, release the drama, release that out to get what you want. If you can't, if I give you something and your hands are already full of something, you can't get it. You have to let that go. So I had to let, I'll speak for me, I had to let, we'll say, uh, obesity. I had to let obesity go time Put, put the work in for me to lose the weight, to lose hypertension and not going to cardiac arrest, to now being able to be fit, to serve as a motivational speaker, to travel where I'm getting paid top dollar to do what I do. So my purpose has always been motivational. My, my gift is empowerment. So I would tell people that is hold your breath and, and, and be real and be honest because everybody has something and your thing may be one thing. You may be you may be an excellent listener. Okay, well, well, what are we doing with this? And don't wait. A lot of times we know we know. I know that you're gifted, Asia. I know that you have several things inside of you. But if you wait, you've waited forty five years to write a book. That that's not excellent. That's not got you waited forty five years and you're complaining, sweetheart. That that's not your skill set. You can't, you can't be faith, faithful to make your bed every morning. You're not going to be on Amazon's number one list. That's not realistic. Let's let's be let's be real. And that's the thing we don't want. We don't want to talk about serving and excellent. We don't want to talk about putting the grit in a, a grind. That's unheard of. Laboring, volunteering, serving, all those are unheard of skill sets. Waiting. Now tell somebody to wait now for, for a week to get back to them. They'll lose their mind. You know what? That's so true. And you know what? Like, it's a process. One thing that God has shown me is like, it's literally a process in everything you do. And it's, it's not even just the fact that you're waiting. It's how you wait. You know, like, what are you doing while you're waiting? Are you complaining the whole time while you wait? Are you, you know, um, sitting with idle? Or are you working to perfect the things that he's already shown you to work on? You know, are you... Like you said, making your bed every morning. Are you, you know, what are you doing with your time management? What about the other five assignments that he's given you? Are you working to perfect those and, and you know, deepen those things? Um, and so I've learned a lot with that. Um, and so let me go back to what you said, like, as far as like how it takes to go through some things to get like, you know, to even host a, a plot of, I'm sorry, a platform or just to do different things. Can you go deeper on that? Uh, repeat the question for me. Like, can you, because like a little while ago you spoke on how you, how you have to go through things to get to somewhere. Mm -hmm. Right. And you were speaking like how, um, like some of the things that I've gone through is pretty much like what's given me this platform to be able to have this platform. Yeah. Um, 
you know, people have to go through things to get to somewhere. Can you go a little deeper on that? Because you get some people that, you know, hit one storm and they ready just to just give up, you know, or hit one rough patch and they're ready to throw in the towel. Okay. Uh, for me, I definitely, I would definitely say, um, first of all, those people have no substance and I, that's just me. Yeah. If, if you get pissed off because you had a bad two, three days, you have no substance. You have no roots. You're not grounded. You're not planted anywhere. You have no direction. You're probably going to be unorganized and you're going to lose. That's real. Nobody wants to hear that. But the fact is, to your point, the name of your show is Let the Healing Begin. Mm -hmm. You're only effective. You're only relevant. You're only real as what you are. You are healed. So anytime you discuss healing, mental stability, uh, emotional stability, uh, behavioral special, anything in that realm, you're affected as Asia because the healing has begun. You are healed. So you operate out of healing. You operate from a healed place. For me, I'm able to operate out of deliverance. And I know I know I can because I am delivered. So that's the stuff, the substance and the things we have to look for. The Bible says faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. So when you go to court, they're going to pull up evidence to prove the case that you're guilty. So for all my entrepreneurial friends, if you're saying that you want to do something, what is it that you want to do? The it has to be who you are. I can't open up a kitchen and be a world-class chef if I, if that's not my thing. I, I mean, I can do it as far as the business, but as far as me, um, being successful or, or uh, providing a service to somebody, you have to be who you are. If, if healing is who you are, again, I keep saying photography for some reason, but if, if that's your thing, then the class, the time, the effort, what's in you, what's been deposited, what's been, it's almost like a bank. What has been entrusted to you will come out. If your service, if there's nothing put in the ATM machine, no withdrawal can happen. If you're not, you have to put it in. I was homeless for five months. So of course now when I live in this multi-million dollar mansion I have, of course no one has been to my home. Why? Because for five months I was homeless. Y'all didn't give to, y'all didn't care when I was out there. Yeah. So why I allow you to come into my healed stage when you left me in my broken stage? You don't appreciate me. And I know that. So to your point, I would tell somebody, what is in you? What is that fire? What is that passion? What is that realness? What is it that you can talk? I can talk about deliverance. I can talk about divorce. I can talk about um, uh, infidelity. I can talk about uh, premarital sex. I can talk about 50 million things. In every 50 million of those things, I will be successful because I am those things. But to the person that wants to be like, well, Vince, what is my thing? What is inside of you? What is that thing that you keep saying? For example, maybe you like candles. And you're like, mm, I want to, I want to do my own candle line. Okay, well, what is it? What does this mean to you? Maybe again, your grandmother's cookies were your favorite thing because you were living with her. You were up for adoption, and your grandma took you in. There's a story that goes with that. That's that's in you. That's that's the deposit. So now you want to do your candle line and call it sweet treats in tribute to your grandmother. That's what I say. That's the that's the substance of things that's been entrusted. Then you're going to be successful in that. Because that's been in you. That that's been entrusted. That's your gift and talent, which we go back to. 
I love that. I love that. So let me ask you this. Um, so when you speak about you like being have been delivered, what's some things that you've been delivered from, if you don't mind me asking? One is people. That's the that's the number one thing. It's not many things because I'm a great guy. No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> uh, I would say um, I love you. You're too kind. The first I would say is people. I think that even when I go through my house now, I'm just so grateful. Um, when you graduate from opinionated people, when you when you literally, I mean, literally get delivered from people, you see life different. You lit. I can lit. I can be in Walmart, and I will walk and say, "That's not my assignment. That's not my assignment. That's not my problem." But while I'm in Walmart, all seven hundred of y'all, oh y'all gonna get the business because if I roll up on, it's gonna be a whole power surge. So stay over there, Catherine. Don't fool me, Joe, <laughs> because y'all get the business. But now I sell people. I've been delivered from people. I don't get. Y'all ain't gotta call my name. Y'all ain't gotta invite me. Y'all ain't gotta do nothing for Vincent. Cause I don't, y'all don't, y'all don't have, y'all are mine, y'all are non-factors. Yeah. So I've been delivered from that. So that's why I can live my life. I can live my life as a canvas and a blueprint. Because anybody that asks me a question or needs a needs something, I'm like, let me holler at you. I can go to the prison and and rock with them. I can go to the jazz fest. I can go to the trap. I can go to deja vu. I can get, listen. You can do a lot of a lot of crack right. You can shoot up right. You can do meth right in front of me. You can have sex on the couch right there. And when you get done having sex, go take a shower and let's talk. Yeah. Why? Because I've been delivered from people. I'm not here to judge you or talk about you. Yeah. But I also have been d- delivered from that, and that's why people. I'm relatable. People mm-hmm. are like this is so cool. I'm like, I'm not. I'm <laughs> me. You may need me. You may need me to be patient. Yeah. I'm not a patient person. I yeah. my patience sucks. Yeah. You need patience from me, yeah. and because I've been delivered, I can give you patience. You need me to listen to you. Need me. You need a. <laughs> you need self esteem because I'm relatable. That's what you need. So now I'm giving away deliverance, self esteem, healing, trust. These variables that you need. I know you need a friend. So I'm like, hey, okay, I'll be your friend. But I checked her out. I mm-hmm. checked him out because y'all got some baggage. Y'all got some issues. Yeah. And just like when you go to the airport, you got to go through TSA for a reason for you board that plane. So I'm, I'm, I put everybody through TSA. Listen. Oh, that's right. <laughs> disorders. What what did your mom have? Do you, do y'all have high blood pressure? Y'all finna come over and eat my food up and then have a cardiac arrest? And, no, ma'am. We will be delivered and set free. Amen and good night. We're not doing that. <laughs> so funny. Oh my goodness! I love it. I got. Let me turn this. Let me turn this air on. You got me out over here doing this podcast. <laughs> she was spitting all that truth. Let's come. Catch it. It's caught. They ain't ready for this. Turn this air on, honey, because listen. And you know what? So, like, I guess I need some, and li- like, listening to what you're, what you're saying, it's like, you're speaking to me, like, you know, because I've, I've been delivered from people to a certain degree. And it uh-huh. could, just, it could just be like part of my gift too, because like, sometimes God has to remind me, like, because I am just a, like, a, I'm not going to say I'm for sure not a people pleaser, but I'm someone that wants to help everybody. Right. And it's been some times where God has to tell me like, you know, this isn't, everybody's not your assignment. You don't, you're not called to the world, you know, you you can't help everybody, you know? And so that's the one thing that I, I know for a fact that I need to work on and that I have Mm -hmm. been working on, you know, 
Um, and it just, it takes time. Um, because like you said a minute ago, like I've, I've been homeless multiple times, um, right. you know, and not, I'm not, I'm not, let me back up and not say multiple times. Like I've been just unstable all my right. life. But there have been times, you know, from childhood when we were in a homeless shelter, then, you know, like I just came out of homelessness about eight months ago. Mm -hmm. Um, And I know that was orchestrated by God and whatnot, but just reflecting on my journey, like I always want to try to help people, you know, and Mm -hmm. like that has to come with boundaries, you know, but like, it's awesome. I love how you can... um, recognize the different things that people need and you know you can accommodate them based on their mm-hmm. needs you know that's a gift right there within itself because not everybody is capable of that catch it it's caught <laughs> and that's why like now so like i'm like let me go to my room and chill people don't get they think that um well for me i'll speak on me because i can't speak on everybody but tonight I said, I'm I told I told you earlier. I said, listen, I'm gonna be in my room. It's gonna be a whole different session. Anybody no one has ever done a session like this. Why? Because I know me. And so for me, I said, okay, I'm gonna start off here and be professional. But at the end of this podcast, I'm gonna be in my room in this bed chilling. But I want people to always know that no matter what no matter where you are on the journey, it's still the journey. So for for the listener that may listen in, like, oh, Asia, I need help, or Vincent, I need this, I need direction. Okay, where are you? You're on the journey. We don't know what, excuse me, the next day is going to bring. I don't know what, if I go thinking about everything else, now my mind has left from the journey of what I'm doing onto everything else around me. And then and now you're displaced, now you're disheveled, you're irritated, you're frustrated. Why? Because you took your mind off of what am I doing? My thing is to get, if I stand up, okay, I just stood up, I sat down. I was thinking about that. I thought about, let me stand up. So in whatever you do, remind yourself, hey, okay, I'm dealing with being overweight. Okay, in the next week, what am I going to do to help my current situation? Maybe it's getting up an hour early. Maybe it's drinking another extra bottle of water. In one week, can you do? You didn't You didn't gain uh, 30 pounds in a week. It took you years to do that. Give yourself grace. You just said that to me. So I'm going to adopt that phrase to say and add to that. Give yourself grace and time. Like, listen, if you didn't, you, I didn't get to be 325 pounds yesterday. Yeah. I'm a big brother. So when you roll up on me, you like, whoa, that brother big. Exactly. So I have to give myself time and grace to say, listen, Vince, I want to lose some weight. So last October, I gave up red meat. I gave up drinking soda. I gave to the best I could. I gave up some things. Again, time met destiny. Now manifestation happens. So when y'all see me with this six pack, I put the work in. <laughs> and so you catch it. And so I was able to give up red meat. So the month of October, I lost 14 pounds in one month from losing one thing. So so the encouragement now is like, listen, if I can give up one thing and lose weight. Let me keep trying. Let me maybe give up soda. Let me give up eating chips. Let me give up, you know, eating junk food in my bed at night at 10 o'clock. So when I did that, I realized, okay, this this is the goal. I got to do it. I got to do it. I got to do it. Now it's a lifestyle. I haven't ate red meat for, what, six, seven months? 
it, it's just natural now. Now I can just wake up and do my thing. Do I still struggle with eating two packs of gummy bears? I do. But I gave myself grace to say, hey, at least for this month, I have learned how to do this. So that's just something I want to share with the audience too. Like give yourself grace and time. Absolutely. And you know what? Oftentimes, like we um, are really hard on ourselves, um, you know, like we expect things that, like you said, that we expect things to happen overnight when really it's everything is a process. You know, it's, it's so hard um, to give ourselves grace. Like God literally had to speak into me about <clears throat> the way that the way that I'm treating myself as far as giving myself grace. He um, he spoke to me one day and said, um, you know, aren't you supposed to be a reflection of me? And I'm like, well, yeah. And he's like, is that how I treat you? You know, so why are you treating yourself like that? Like you need to give yourself some grace. And I'm yeah. like, wow, you know? And so it's a learning, you know, life is a major learning curve, especially like when you're on this, um, this, this healing journey, you know? And it's, and not only that, but healing from trauma comes with so, like so many different elements of um you know lifestyle changes and it just it just doesn't come all at once like that's that's kind of i feel like that's kind of like trying to do everything at once is a little abusive towards ourselves you know <laughs> it's it's tough so let me ask you this so what's what would you say was one of the hardest things that you had to go through in life and what'd you learn from it weight loss because back in my day i was <laughs> i was a little dude but um, back in my day, and so um, you have a book called Back in My Day. Go check it out, y'all. Back in my day, I do. And, and so um, on Amazon, you get Amazon. Click the link in the bio. Link in bio. Link in bio. <laughs> and so um, because I'm, I'm a supportive friend, so I know I know support is needed. And so it's my gift. And so my biggest is weight loss. That's the biggest to date, like as of yesterday, years old. Um, it's weight loss. And so that's something that I have, I'm not gonna say I struggle with because I always knew, I mean, I've always been larger, but I think weight loss, what has been the, the struggle of it is, is losing and keeping it off. Like I'll lose 14 pounds, I'll lose 30 pounds, I'll lose eight pounds. The struggle is the keeping it off. Not that I lose it and gain it back, it's the struggle of, okay, bench, you just lost 30 pounds, bro. Like that's a real life accomplishment. So the struggle now is don't eat two pieces of pizza. Don't eat four pieces of pizza. Eat one slice. Then eat one more. Then eat one more. Don't sit down with four pieces. That's that's what it is. But definitely weight loss. That's been my biggest struggle since I was probably four years old. Because mm -hmm. I was a big, I came out the womb like ready. <laughs> big, you was a big baby. Be, be, swole, honey. You hear me? Yeah. I came out, I was probably a 15 pound baby. I, I hit the ground. I hit, when my mama birthed me, the earth shook, literally, like greatness <laughs> fell on the earth. Let me ask you this. So like with you wanting to lose weight, like were you ever teased about that growing up? Uh-uh, because I've always been sexy. And so I was <laughs> able to... I thought that's <laughs> I've always been I've always been sexy, and so I was able to uh, maneuver this thing. Maybe I'll shift the I'll shift the room. You hear me? And so I was at no. Let me stop playing so much because um, comedy is another gift I have. So I would say no. I wasn't teased. I would say because I always knew. Um, I think because I was friendly, so I being teased about my weight. 
I don't think nobody ever teased me. So I did football. I was always act. I mean, first of all, who has who who plays football and has asthma and I had glasses? Like that, they should tease me about something else. So I probably was teased. I never heard it though because I would fight, and that's a whole nother that's a whole nother testimony. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness, this is um, really nice. What'd you say? It's an amazing episode tonight. It is, it is. You know what, those bad, the other guests better watch out. I think this is my favorite. Yeah, I, listen, cause you know, I, cause I'm number one. So it makes it different when you the king, you know, you gotta set that mark, that standard. See, you said nah. It don't matter, nobody else, nothing else matters. When when this gets dropped, it's like, I gotta reach this level. Yeah, you do. Come on, <laughs> right. elevate, come on, come on, bro, elevate. So I see um on your um hoodie, it says 70 times seven. Will you elaborate for the listeners that don't know what that means? Um, I don't know what it means. I just bought the hoodie. No, I'm just kidding. So seven. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so 70 times seven is uh, forgiveness. And so the power of forgiveness came from uh, Crystal Brown, a Facebook friend of mine. Um, her business, she does, uh, she's an author, motivational speaker, minister here in Lansing. And so her brand is 70 times seven. She has hoodies and t-shirts. So I was actually introduced to her, probably, I'm going to school with her daughter, so I've known of her for over 20 years. But I her, her her daughter and I went to school, and her daughter was always so nice. She prom queen, beautiful girl, always friendly, supportive. And so, a few months ago, I was invited to do the gospel brunch here in Lansing to do spoken word. I do spoken word as well. And so they invited me to come on there, and I was uh, laying in bed one night, and I was like, God, you know, what am I gonna do as far as my spoken word? What if, what do you want me to say? Uh, with my spoken word, it coincided with, um, it wasn't immediate, but I know God was dealing dealing with me about this recharge, this reset, which enabled me to do the power, for, which enabled me to link with her with the power of forgiveness. She created the brand, created this hoodie for me. This was actually the first, so no one ever had, um, this was customized for me. And so when I wore it to the event, people came out, and was like, I want a hoodie, I want a hoodie. So not only was it the power of forgiveness got showcased, but it also showed, I'm not gonna say the world, but it showed Lansing, which is such an unsupported city that through networking and through empowerment, you literally, I was able to stand before a audience sold out show all over Facebook. It got hundreds of views all from me saying yes to somebody else. So it literally for me was the power of yes, and also hand in hand was forgiveness. So that's what the southern time family comes from. Yeah. I love that. Now you said spoken word, you got something you want to share here? I usually charge for mine, so no ma'am. Okay. <laughs> so do you write poetry too, or you just do like do you um write poetry and stuff? So I do write poetry. I am currently working on uh two books. One is my autobiography and one is um, spoken word pieces that I am looking forward to um, releasing soon. Okay. Yeah. So I know you mentioned um, <clears throat> so a couple more questions. I know that you mentioned like you said something about your business and clients and stuff. What is what exactly is it that you do? 
So my business, so I have three um, businesses currently. My first business was launched probably 11 years ago. Um, it was Global Gratitude Radio Broadcasting and Promotions. And so my first degree is food service. So this was probably 2009. Um, I have a passion for cooking. And so I was the first African-American to student at the time to do, they had a program at Harry Hill, the hospitality and tourism program was the first to do all that. Fast forward the story. I love to cook. If that's my passion, I, I, I love cooking, presenting, serving people with great food. So at the time I was like, how can I incorporate this as a business? So I started Global Gratitude. The whole thing for that was literally what the word means. It was a global initiative to provide meals on a local level and do it with gratitude. It was simple, global gratitude. I loved it. I did that for about four or five years. And then with doing that, I would do the podcasting, the shows like this. And people were like, your voice is amazing. Dude, you should do something with it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And then I said, okay, let me do something with this. I, la I launched my second initiative, which was Talks Too Much Production. And that did very well. Traveled with that, went to Florida, Atlanta, New York, uh, Philadelphia, went to Las Vegas several times, and I was doing spoken word piece. I loved it. Did poetry in the city with Rena Risper um, at the Capitol, and I loved it. And then 2015, 16, I'm like, okay, I'm doing these two. They're doing well. What else do I want to do, basically? And then 2019, I said, okay, I need to create something else. And then I launched off my third initiative, which is Center of Attention um, Consulting. And I said, every person that comes to me, I want them to know that their dreams are possible, that their goals are attainable. And I just was writing stuff down. Um, to sum all that up, uh, the process of doing that, I was like, this is a whole business. And so went back and I said, let me create a, I guess a business plan, if you will, and I literally created Center of Attention Consulting, and that took off. And so clients will, people will call me like, Vince, I'm doing a baby shower. Vince, I'm doing this. How much do I do? And can you go pick this up? So literally going around town, I'm picking up stuff for a baby shower. And looking at what I'm doing, I said, wait a minute. I'm literally going to these stores, picking up pans and balloons and ketchup and, and tablecloths. I am a consultant. And so I sat down and went back to school. I'm like, wait a minute, y'all finna pay me for this. And literally went back and launched my third business. And so now with that center of attention, um, 2019, I would get uh, a job at McDonald um, Broadcasting, which was part of 6.5. And I would be with them for four years, which launched and birthed out um, Vibe with Vincent, which came as a total accident. Uh, I went there with... Um, I came on after Randy Ross, who does The Quiet Storm. For 26 years, she's been doing that. She mentored me and was talking to me. I was like, hey, you should apply. Fast forward four years later, I would have my own show on Partner 6.5 for four years, which launched off. I was like, well, I didn't have a name for my show. And I was like, it's Bobby with Vincent and launched off Bobby with Vincent. So doing all of that, my three things I tell people is, I do consultancy, which is my which is my baby. I love doing that. And spoken word, which I do now. Oh, I love that. I love that. I really love that. Thank you. So it sounds like you said you're going to start a podcast soon? Yes, I am looking into all of the delicate details of doing that. So stay tuned, everybody. Please do. I can't wait to tune in. 
I can't wait for you to be my co-host. Oh, shucks. We're going to be having so much fun. I do, because I appreciate you. Oh, I appreciate you, too. You have been a light in my world. I do, I do what I can for those I love. You good at it. Yeah. Yeah, you know it very well. <laughs> I, do what I, I do what I can for America. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So one more question. So if people want to work with you, how can they find you? They can call me. They can uh, email me. Uh, my email is justpushplay007 at gmail.com. That's justpushplay, all one word, 007 at gmail.com. They can call me. I'm on Facebook, so inbox me, and then we can network and make something happen. Okay. I'm sure, I'm sure the inbox is going to be blowing up now. I mean, it always is, but <laughs> for good stuff now. For yeah. good stuff. Yes, we speak it into existence. We do, we do. Thank yeah. you for having me tonight. I appreciate this, and you're welcome back anytime. Okay, definitely a part two. We've got to do a part two. Absolutely, I'm down for it. Just let me know whenever. Ready. Listen, because you, you're a bit, you're a busy businesswoman. So whenever you get time, I got to go <laughs> back. On, uh, I got to go back on your. Uh, what is it? The the um the LinkedIn calendar that thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay well thank you guys so much for joining us here on let the healing begin podcast a couple ways that you can support you can go over to www.greatergrowthllc.com purchase a t-shirt hoodie sweatshirt support us there you can also head over to amazon purchase a copy of back in my day by asia wilson um and last but not least you can join join our online all-inclusive women's healing community at healingisalifestyle.org. Thank you so much. And until next time.